This is Briar Klopp, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Greenbush, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have reports from Sierra Doctor at the National FFA Convention, and we'll hear from Whitney Pittman as well. Temps, it'll be slightly warmer today, pushing into the upper 30s and upper 30s and 40s. Portions of South Dakota will be in the 50s. A dense fog advisory is in place in central and western North Dakota and parts of northern South Dakota. The National Weather Service also calling for a small chance of rain or snow that mix this weekend. Ten months after the funding was signed into law, USDA released details of the Emergency Relief Program for 2022. Program differs greatly from the previous WIP, WIP Plus, and ERP programs. A progressive payment factor will be applied to the assistance payment. For example, a farmer with a calculated loss of $100,000 in 2020 would have received $75,000 plus a refund for a portion of the crop insurance premium. With the progressive payment factor for 2022, that same farmer with a $100,000 loss will receive just over $11,000. Combest Sell and Associates Managing Partner Tom Sell says the new emergency relief program is a complete departure from previous disaster programs restricting assistance to full-time farmers and ranchers. So last year, if you had that 100000 loss, you just take the 75% factor and you're done. Plus, you get some, some opportunities in the crop insurance. This is this progressive factor is the real is the real. Um, no one knows where it came from. Uh, certainly, wasn't a good idea. We see it as a backdoor uh, pay limitation against the will of Congress. In Cell's view, USDA's new version of the emergency relief program violates the intent of Congress. This kind of abandons, walks away from those fully vested, full-time farmers in favor of. Um, you know what Secretary Vilsack will refer to as underserved farmers, but um, there's a lot. It's a broad category of of, of folks, and and this this ERP, this new design of ERP, uh, is just going to fall flat. I think in rural America for those that are really doing the work to produce a food environment. In an interview with the Red River Farm Network, Sells said USDA has a track record of balancing the needs of all segments of agriculture, but strange politics are in place for this version of disaster assistance. Dutch Creek Farms south of the Twin Cities hosted President Joe Biden as he kicked off his focus on rural issues. Biden said the economics of agriculture told farmers that had to get big or get out. Folks, look, there's something wrong when just 7% of the American farms get nearly 90%. 7% get 90% of the farm income. And most farmers rely on jobs off the farm to be able to make men's meat on the farm. Biden spoke about concentration and the attrition found on the farm. Over the past four decades, we lost over 400,000 farms in America. 400,000 over 141 million acres of farmland. And that's an area roughly equal to the size of Minnesota, North and South Dakota combined, the three. Facing higher costs and earning less, family farms have struggled to make, to make it work, to make the math work. And the promise of keeping the farm and the family is slipping out of reach for so many across America. 
During the stop in Minnesota, Biden announced over $5 billion for rural infrastructure and climate-smart agriculture projects. The projects funded by USDA include $25 million for the Minnesota Board of Water and Soil Resources to provide financial assistance to farmers for soil management practices to protect the Mississippi and Minnesota rivers. There's $20 million for the Red River Basin Commission to adopt climate-smart agriculture in the Northern Plains and $25 million for Ducks Unlimited to transition cropland to grassland in South Dakota. Rural development grants that are focused on rural efficiency were also announced. On a vote of 85 to 15, the Senate passed an appropriations bill to fund agriculture, tra uh, agriculture, transportation, veterans affairs, and more. North Dakota Senator John Hoven, who is the ranking member in the Senate Ag Appropriations Committee, supported the bill. This legislation includes some things that are very important for North Dakota. For example, the Ag Policy Center at NDSU. It's also money for additional renovations at the Edward Schaefer Agricultural Research Center in Fargo. The funds to continue the Ag Technology Cooperative Agreement between the Grand Farm and NDSU and the Ag Research Service. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack will address the opening session of the National FFA Convention in Indianapolis this morning. The first round of proficiency award winners will be recognized later this afternoon. Besides delegate business and competitions for FFA students, a small percentage of FFA members are running for the elite positions as national FFA officers. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. Our coverage of the 96th National FFA Convention Expo is brought to you by CHS, the nation's largest farmer-owned cooperative and proud supporter of FFA, A Country Farm Credit Services, Associated Milk Producers Incorporated and its Dinnerbell Creamery, Proceed, and Corteva. Minnesota FFA's National Officer Candidate, Kyle Thomas, has already made it past the first round of interviews and is anxiously waiting for the nominating committee's report at the final general session on Saturday. Thomas says FFA changed his life for the better. Whether it be from my supervised agricultural experience, understanding the importance of a strong work ethic and the importance of time management to maybe the more competitive side and different career development events I did, there's a lot of great things there that you can apply into your own lives. But then also the leadership aspect, I think, has also been really one of the most rewarding pieces of my experience in FFA, just being able to give back to students and give back to members in my community. That's the entire reason why I'm running to be a national officer, is just to, to see the value in other people and to be able to highlight and share their stories on a national level is the whole reason why I decided to run to be a national officer. Thomas originates from the Rockford FFA chapter, which has only been chartered for less than 10 years. He says coming from a small, relatively new chapter is an honor considering how tough the competition is from the central region this year. Minnesota is a part of the central region and this year we have 10 candidates uh, in the central. How the national officer team works is there's a national vice president from every region, but they also can uh, select a president and a secretary from the region as well if they so choose. But typically only the top 50% of candidates automatically advance into the finals. But if you're also in the top 50% of the nation, you also get to advance. So this year in the central region, we advanced two extra people. So seven out of 10 candidates advanced, which shows that the central region is extremely competitive this year, which is something that I'm really excited to see because I'm just surrounded by so many great people. Everybody is of extremely high caliber. 
Coverage of convention is sponsored by Minnesota Farmers Union, South Dakota Farmers Union, Farm Credit Services of Mandan, Nutrien, Minnesota Farm Bureau, and Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor here on the Red River Farm Network. One part of the National FFA Convention is the Career Expo, which includes a section dedicated to collegiate booths. University of Minnesota Crookston Senior Admissions Counselor Jonathan Holland is at the convention and says FFA student recruitment is important to the college. So without a doubt the Ag and Natural Resource Department is our largest department on campus. Um, we see somewhere close to 40% of our student body that are majoring in Ag or Natural Resources. We support FFA because without the future of agriculture. We don't have food or clothing. Pretty hard to exist in a country. And so we know there's always going to be guaranteed jobs um, for those educated in agriculture. We're here because those students really are the backbone of our university. Holland says FFA students bring good attributes to the college at Crookston. So without a doubt they're well spoken, right? They're passionate about agriculture and that translates in translates into a really active student that gets involved in our student life campus community. Um, so it makes them part of our campus. But then we know that those kids really want to go out and promote agriculture in the future. Delegation of 11 U.S. farm organizations, including the U.S. Wheat Associates and the U.S. Grains Council, are in China to discuss agricultural trade. This is the largest agricultural delegation to visit China since 2016. The group will travel to Shanghai next week for the annual China International Import Expo. The Fed stood pat on current interest rates. Northern Crops Marketing and Investments President Brad Paulson said that was widely expected. They did leave interest rates unchanged from last month at a five and a quarter to five and a half percent. And the language was, uh, you know, kind of higher for longer again. And they want to see, uh, you know, inflation, you know, get get brought down some more. So, uh, so that was it for that. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Labor is hard to find in the U.S. no matter the industry. Veterinary medicine in rural areas is especially hard hit. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Minnesota State Ag Committee Chair Eric Putnam, along with Moorhead Senator Rob Kupek, recently met with University of Minnesota veterinary medicine students to discuss issues as they enter into the industry. Kupek says rural areas are facing extreme vet shortages because of the huge financial burden of veterinary school. Good conversation, but also a little bit of a scary conversation. You know, there's lots of money to be made kind of in the companion animal area around veterinary medicine. And particularly, you know, in the Twin Cities, a lot of the local veterinarians uh, have been bought out by kind of some big national corporate. Uh, but you get out into more rural areas and it's still kind of that family run veterinary clinic. And so these students are graduating from, you know, the vet school with almost, you know, $250,000 in debt and then trying to purchase a veterinary practice out in a rural area on top of the debt they have from school. They just can't accrue more debt to take over that practice. Kupek hopes to address this issue in future state legislative sessions. We're just going to see, you know, the baby boomers retiring. It's the same way with those rural vets. 
a lot of them are retiring and it's really difficult for these students uh you know to kind of get into that so i think we're, we're definitely interested in at least this session holding some informational hearings and then certainly i think when we get to the next budget round uh that's going to be something where we're going to try to look for budgetary ways we can help to make sure that you know our rural vets uh that we have enough of them Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. A new report from the Environmental Working Group claims nearly $119 billion in crop insurance payments were triggered between 2001 and 2022. Texas was in the top 10 states receiving indemnities for all five areas, drought, excessive moisture, heat, and hail. North Dakota and Kansas were in four of those top five weather-related causes of loss. EWG Midwest Director Ann Schleichinger said extreme weather is increasing and taxpayers are footing the bill. As we check markets, we are just a bit higher for Minneapolis wheat, a quarter cent higher for the D's contract at 709 and a quarter. Chicago wheat down two and a quarter for the December contract, and hard red winter wheat down one and a quarter. The uh, D's corn a half penny higher, 475 and a half, March a half cent higher. And for soybeans, January eight cents higher. Uh, the market is at thirteen twenty-three for a quote. March seven and a quarter cents to the plus side. As we check in on the farm calendar for this morning, of course, the national FFA convention is continuing. We'll have uh, updates here on the Red River Farm Network. The Pride of Dakota Showcase is returning to Grand Forks this uh, weekend, Friday and Saturday. Actually, uh, that'll be held at the Alera Center. They have additional holiday showcases coming up in Fargo and Bismarck as well. Have a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.